Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you today, Logan? Oh, I'm doing all right. Fall has officially started in, in Central Florida, so that's always exciting. Oh. It's my favorite time of year down here is the fall. So, And what makes it fall down there? Is it... Not the weather. It's been it's been 98. and Like, we've had heat advisories, that's Jordan. Thought. Like, like, the my, real feel. My in-laws are down there field. right now, and they said it's really hot. Yes. Are you talking about because the they went back to school already? Like, all the Halloween party. The Halloween party starts Friday. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. For Mickey's. So... We're down here in Disney, um, for those that don't know. I'm in Orlando. So uh, we start the holiday su- <laughs> Sorry, season as soon that as... That just makes me think if people didn't know that you're just talking about like going to people's houses for Halloween parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought I had to like, yeah. you know, really tell people like this is... Uh, this is something that we've got to talk about is that we're in Orlando because otherwise it, it would be strange. Um, no, uh, it's been the real field. Jordan down here has been on average about 125 during the afternoon Jeez. So, yeah so it's been uh it's been hot 82 hot up here. that's nice i'm gonna come up there then it was very nice today i was taking a walk and it was nice and breezy in the shade it's great yeah. uh but yeah you know it's not great usa get um, knocked out of the women's world cup we'll yeah, talk about that uh you know what was great these uh, fun penalty oh, shootouts and, and Lionel Messi's uh, performance. So we'll be getting to all of that stuff throughout the rest of this episode uh, today. But yeah, we had we had quite the uh, quite the run of games here. Uh, the last time we recorded it was last week, right before the round of thirty two kicked off. Uh, so. We will kind of recap what happened in the round of 32, but this website is running a little slow for me. Let me pull it up on the app instead. Uh, So last time we recorded, yeah, it was Monday. Yeah. Last week? Maybe Tuesday. Uh, But we had some big games happen on... Oh, my God. Now the app's running terribly. Okay. Wednesday, August 2nd. Yeah, we had a gap between the 31st. Okay, so Wednesday, August 2nd, we had Dallas versus Mazatlan. And Dallas won 2-1. Houston beat Pachuca on penalty kicks. Let's not forget, Pachuca had a bye uh, for how well they had won, uh, did last year. Houston won on penalty kicks 5-3. Miami beat Orlando in what was one of the big kickoffs to maybe making this an actual rivalry nowadays but Messi scored two goals again Joseph gets a penalty kick that probably shouldn't have been a penalty kick but Orlando actually equalized 17 minutes into this match because Messi scored seven minutes in and then the rest of the game it was you know 51st minute was the penalty and then Messi sealing things up in the 72nd uh we had sorry the app just refreshed on me LAFC beat Juarez seven to one, uh, which had Hollingshead getting on the board. Carlos Vela scored twice. Bowanga had a hat trick, and Ordaz scored in the 90th minute. Thursday, August 3rd, we had New England beat Club Atlas uh, 2 2. They went to penalties. New England won on penalties. Uh, Corretaro is what I've heard is how you're supposed to say the one that I always called Corretaro. Uh, they beat Pumas 1-0. Uh, 
Philly beat DC and penalty kicks after a nil-nil draw. That was a scary moment last Thursday as a Union fan. Uh, New York Red Bulls won the Hudson River Derby. They knocked out NYCFC. And then Charlotte beat Cruz Azul in penalties after a nil-nil draw. Huge win by Charlotte there. Friday, we had Minnesota beat Columbus after a 3-3 draw. They went to penalty kicks. This was a crazy, crazy game. Minnesota took the lead. and Minnesota's been playing the most crazy games of the whole tournament, by the way. Uh, they took the lead off a long Wayne goal in the 17th minute. Amundsen for the crew equalized in the 42nd minute. Then Matan uh, makes a uh, scores a goal in the 51st to give the crew the lead. Then Halong Wayne equalizes three minutes later in the 54th minute. And then Ramirez, the former Minnesota player, scores to make it three to two in the 83rd minute. But then Hassani Dotson <laughs> scores and equalizes in the 90th minute in Minnesota wins on penalties a 4-3 shootout which included um uh it was you know crew scored first Minnesota equalized crew scores again Minnesota equalizes crew scores Minnesota equalizes then a save on Kevin Molino former Minnesota player and then Minnesota misses the penalty that would have sealed it for him and then <laughs> And then Crew missed the penalty. And then Halongwain misses the penalty. You can't be too mad at him after scoring two goals, though. And then Amundsen has his penalty save, and it's Tapias who converts for Minnesota. That was a crazy shootout. They get to go to another shootout just a few days later. Yesterday, Club America beat Chicago 1-0. Nashville beat Cincinnati on penalties after a 1-1 draw. RSL beat Club Lyon. And Toluca... Smashed SKC 4-1. Monterey beat Portland 1-0. And Tigres beat Vancouver on penalty shootouts. On Sunday, for some reason, there was only one match. And that was Dallas and Miami, which finished 4-4. Instant classic. I've seen some people say, is this the best MLS game of all time? The answer is no. It's a League's Cup match. So is this the best League's Cup match of all time? Yes, it is. Uh, we had Messi score six minutes in, and you're like, here they go, right? Here they go. They're going to tear apart Dallas. And then uh, Quignon scored in the 37th minute to make it 1-1. But then Camungo makes it uh, 2-1 in the 45th minute, Logan. And you're like, holy crap. Right before the half, Dallas has turned this game on its head. Miami's pressing, but then Velasco makes it 3-1 in the 63rd minute, and you're thinking, that's it. Miami's toast, but Kermashi, the 18-year-old, homegrown, scores in the 65th minute to make it 4-2. Sorry, 3-2. And then you get uh, uh, 3-3 with Taylor scoring. 
But then Farfan makes it 4-3, and then Messi on a free kick in the 85th minute, almost an exact replay from his first MLS goal, makes it 4-4. They go to penalty kicks, and Kramashi, the 18-year-old, steps up, homegrown player, all the pressure on him. He's their fifth penalty taker, and he converts. And the Miami magic continues, Logan. Miami Magic, Messi Magic. Um, that was a wild game. Uh, I, I think ultimately you're going to see, uh, I think as you go forward with Messi too, I think you're going to see a lot of these kind of games where he just pulls things out of his hat. And he's, he is, he's like a magician in, in, in some ways. And people are always like, well, you know, the goalkeepers. And there was a lot of that in this game where it was like, well, watch where the goalkeeper's positioning is. And that's why Messi scores this goal. Like that that's not why Messi scores the goal. Messi scores the goal because he's the greatest player to ever do it. And he's gonna make any goalkeeper look bad. How I about mean, have made... you seen the video of his free kick where he moves yes. the ball like five times yeah. while the ref's not <laughs> yeah. looking? Sneaky, yes. sneaky. Yes. So but again, he he just has this way about him. Um and I think because a lot of the U.S. people probably haven't seen him play a lot. Like, they, you know, we, we see him play in World Cups. I'd say that's where you're getting a lot of that. Well, uh, unless especially you're a Barcelona fan. he was at Barcelona when it was on BN Sport. Yeah. Pretty much as soon as he left is when ESPN got the rights for it. And then he went right. to PSG, which is also on BN Sport, yeah. which is not on like any cable anymore, really. It's like not well... Uh, it's not like a big channel. So yeah, a lot of people didn't get to see him unless if they're playing like in the champions league. But yeah, I think that's why, I mean, a lot of people are going to do that though. Like they're going to be, well, MLS is not as good. And it's going to be a lot of the outsiders looking at MLS because they like Messi and they're just coming over here to watch Messi play. They're like, wow, these goalkeepers are not, but he's made a lot of really top class goalkeepers look like that. <laughs> it's not just, select MLS goalkeepers that he's making look silly. He's done this the, the, his whole career. So this isn't the first time, nor will it be the last. So, but yeah, no, those were great. Um, I just, it, it, I love watching him play. Like it just, there's something just different. And it, it it's I don't know. Great it has a really for it to be on deal. prime time for us too. Like the fact yeah. that I was able to sit down Sunday night at nine 30, I built my day around it pretty much to be able to sit and watch his game while before it'd be like a random two o'clock game. Sometimes the Liga has really weird times. It'll be like 2 PM, 4 PM. And you're like, isn't it like midnight their time? And they're like, yeah, they're playing anyway. Don't worry about it. Or it will be like 7 AM. And you're like, <laughs> you know, and like I said, it'd be on BN sport. So you either have to find a stream or you have to have BN sport. Um, so much easier to just be able to turn on Apple TV and just know when the game is on and, and watch it. And it's been great. Uh, and if you look at him in that penalty shootout after every miss, uh, every made penalty, he's clapping, he's smiling, he's excited. We didn't see this at PSG. Uh, we, had, we didn't see it at the end of the Barcelona era either, where Messi was actually happy, enjoying his football. I think being a captain of this team is really helpful for him too. He's really, I think, digging that. I, I don't know. That was just, it's funny to just see him have fun. And I think the pink looks great on Messi, by the way, too. I think it really, I'm debating getting a Messi kit at this point. Cause I mean, 
it's a once in a lifetime, right, of having the best player ever to play for this league. And I don't have a pink or a Miami jersey, so I'm thinking I'm I might pick that up. But it's weird that it was the only Sunday game. Monday we had uh, uh, Caretaro and New England, and Caretaro won in penalty kicks, which means they face off against the Union again, uh, who was in their group. So that's an interesting uh, little bit there. Charlotte and Houston. Now this was crazy. This was a crazy game. I mean, it only finished 2-1. But yeah, Corey Baird, Baird, sorry, score in the 10th minute. And then, uh, well, they have it listed wrong on here. Oh, because they have it listed as their own goal. <laughs> I was like, why do they have this goal listed as Houston for both? Um, and then you had uh, Agamane, right? Or Agam- I-, I-, I totally knew how to say this just a second ago. Okay. But Charlotte scores to make it 1-1 in the 80th minute. While they're showing a replay for that, by the way, Charlotte pretty much goes right back down there and scores again off an own goal off Houston. And that was absolute insanity from, from Houston get knocked out like that. Charlotte is now the team that's going to go on and face inner Miami. This is going to be a lot of fun. What do you think about, what do you think about Charlotte here? They've kind of been making a run in this tournament. They've been playing some pretty good games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think last year, right, they, they had a good season. Um, so they're you're, you're kind of hoping, um, if you're a Charlotte fan, to have some kind of turnaround because they've not been great in the league, um, and especially as of late. I mean, they've gone winless in the last five in the league. So it's been it's been tough sledding for Charlotte. It's at 12th in the Eastern Conference, so they go into this tournament. But again, it, this is what you and I talked about. I mean, teams like this, they can be built well, and they can have a good team, um, and you know, in these kind of tournaments like the uh, U.S. Open Cup, too, I, I think you can have a stretch of games where you can put things together and really have success. So I think that's what, you know, ultimately Charlotte's been able to do. Um, and I think, you know, they got, they've got they got good talent. Like Enzo Capetti's a good talent. Um, they've got Swiderski, who's a good talent. Um, ben Bender's a young talent. Um, that, that, so they've got talent on the roster. But it's just a matter of, I think, putting it all together uh, for Charlotte. And they're in their early days of expansion. So, I, didn't, I you know, I don't really expect a ton out of them. Um, but to get a 2-1 win uh, against a, a Houston team that has shown signs in life of being a pretty good team this year. So, I, yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> I think their they're road down the 95 corridor stops now um, because I think they'll, they'll run into a much, much better opponent in Miami. So I don't think the next round goes as well, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that beat Miami anymore. So, I well, guess you know, Miami, out. uh, they, they lucked out that they survived that game against, against true. Dallas there. Uh, I, th- I'm thinking that's not going to happen again for them. I'm thinking they're going to be like, we can't play that. We can't do that again. It was incredibly too close for comfort there. Uh, but it was funny. I was talking to my buddy who is also an Orlando fan, but he's also Barcelona fan. So he likes Messi a lot. That's his favorite player. Right. And uh, Busquets is stepping up. He's like, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Busquets shoot a penalty. I think the commentator even said that like he doesn't shoot them often and he hasn't made some recently. He's like, I don't like, he was like, I don't think I expect him to be 
one of the shooters and then he's the second guy to come up in line and i was like well here he is let's see what he does and he was cool and calm and and buried it uh which was which was funny and i mean miami looked so calm in those penalties i don't again an 18 year old being the fifth taker is amazing and the fact that he was you know (laughs) calm enough to be able to score that was insane um there was supposed to be another game on Monday as well, but the union had it postponed because Monday was actually a really bad storm up here in our area where, I mean, like there's tons of power lines down trees down. Uh, so they moved it to Tuesday. That's why Tuesday has like five games, uh, but Nashville let's talk about Nashville and club America. This game was, you know, I'm watching the union game. That game goes to penalties. I flip over real quick after the Union win to to catch the penalties for Nashville and Club America because I see that's in penalties. And I turn this thing off when it looked like Club America won. And there was some confusion here. So Walker Zimmerman scores in the 61st minute. And then Valdez for Club America equalizes in the 78th. Then Club America takes the lead in the 90 plus four for a penalty kick. Well, then new signing for Nashville, Sam Surridge scores in the 90 plus nine to send it to penalties. So they go to penalties and Mukhtar misses his first one after Quinones scores for Club America. Then Club America gets a penalty saved. Sam Surridge, by the way, he steps up and scores this beautiful penalty chip ball. I mean, like real cheeky finish for just signing uh, with the club. Zendayas scores for Club America. Godoy scores for Nashville, right? We get all the way to where Nashville needs to make this. And Marr scores, uh, uh, stands up um, and misses, saved. I turn it off. I see Club America celebrating. I'm like, all right, that's that's it. I go walk my dog, Logan. And I get a notification from MLS on Twitter or X, whatever it's called now. And it says Nashville win. And I was like, wow, that was a dumb tweet by MLS. Did they not pay attention to the game here? I had to double check. I go to the app and it still said Club America won on on the MLS app. So I was like, yeah, they're just, that was just a bad tweet. Then I go back in and I sit down and I start scrolling on Twitter and I see people talking about controversy and all that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what happened? So I have to go rewind and check. Well, for about like 10 minutes, they do a VAR review here. One, because fans ran onto the field. So I had to worry about getting the fans off of the field, doing the VAR check. And then they see that clearly the keeper was off his line when he saved the penalty. So then they have to get everybody back. Mars steps up, converts it this time, and then Jonathan Dos Santos misses for Club America. And then Lovitz scores the ceiling goal for Nashville. Absolutely wild. Because I was trying to like quickly turn off the Nashville game because I knew Minnesota was in shootout. So I was like, can I get over to the Minnesota game before that one ends? No, I couldn't. And then I was like, oh, well, Nashville lost. And then I get that notification. It was absolutely insane how that played out. But I've seen some people say this is not good controversy. 
they got the call right. That's all I care about. I, I don't care if this, I know some people are going to say, well, you know, Liga Mekis teams think it's rigged against them. Maybe they should just play better. I don't know. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> you look at the knockouts, um, but it, it, another thing too is like the MLS teams have an advantage. You can play Mexican teams at yep. home and you've got a clear cut. They don't have as much Especially, travel either because no, the teams that are hosting, the teams yeah. that are hosting, right, are staying at their home base pretty much while right. the Mexican teams are going all up around the country. Yeah. So, I mean, unless you're playing like California, Texas, like the Western, uh, I guess, area of the United States, there's not like the Mexican contingent's not going to be in Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> they're not, nobody's traveling to Philly. Uh, to go see a game. So uh, even in around those areas, you just don't see a lot of Mexican fans. So you've already got a huge advantage if you can take the Mexican fans out of it because we've seen what it does when we play U.S. men's national team down in Austin or like Arizona. It doesn't end well because it usually ends up being about 75 to 80% Mexican fans. And then you get about the 20% of the American fans that thought they could, you know, that, that did get in and the, the rest of the fans that wanted to get in were the ones that waited. But yeah, I, this game was wild to me. I, so I didn't turn it off. I had it on. Um, I. It's funny because really? now that you say that, though. Yeah, now that you say that, though, like the most the, the funniest part for me is the fact that uh, Twitter was nuts. Like if you were trying to follow it through Twitter, you had to be so confused because there were there were Nashville people. I think Drake was even tweeting about it um, like Drake Hills when he was talking and then it was like, oh, it's over. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Wait, hold on. And then Nashville wins. So if you're if you're so basically when i was refreshing twitter it was like okay uh club america won and then it's like oh wait no we got a far check and then it's like nashville wins because it was like that far enough space where if you refresh the twitter it was so confusing in the timeline it was trying to tell it in um but yeah no i i was just watching it and then i didn't really have anything else to do so i was watching it go and i just hadn't turned it off yet and i still had it on but um jordan that's that's a big that's a big club that that they take down in club america i mean yeah we're talking about them tigres like they're gone as well i mean they, those are huge clubs uh you know they and, and mls is just i think they're getting to that point where they're there like i think we're to that point we've seen it in Concacaf champions league like we've seen that if they come to our territory we're it's an even fight like it's no longer like oh we better just hope we tie down in Mexico. It's like, okay, we can lose like one nil, two nil and come back to the United States and go, okay, well, we we're still in it. So I don't know. I, I, the, when I watched Orlando play uh, Tigres this year, uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was like the talents there and we're only getting deeper. Now we've got the best player in the world. So it's, it is wild to me. Um, we, we've passed Mexico, Jordan, I think. It's a really good, chance for an mls team to win this uh i know i have more games to cover but just here's the quarterfinals right which start in two days lafc versus monterey nashville minnesota miami charlotte and philadelphia and Cretaro. that's it those are the teams that are left Cretaro, the union beat them last time i'm assuming they still will which would leave just monterey and if we can't win it with just Monterey left, then that that's awful. Uh, we have all the advantage of playing here, of having it on our schedule, being informed for once, unlike a Champions League. So 
I'm feeling pretty good about MLS's chance of, of winning this thing. Uh, yeah, so so we have the quarterfinals in two days, and then we have semifinals starting on the 15th, which is next Tuesday. And then the finals, the 19th, which is next Saturday. So it's, it's approaching pretty quickly here, and that'll be the full month because we started on July 19th. Uh, some of the other games that happened also was, like I said, the, the Union. They went to a shootout as well against Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull took the lead four minutes in. It took it till the 68th minute for the Union to equalize. I was a little worried. I don't I don't know if the Union get through the semifinal. I mean, get through the quarterfinal of Corretoro and they have to face Miami. I'm not feeling good about the Union and the way they're playing. Now, that game will be in Chester, but I, I, they, they've been not hitting their stride right now. Uh, Minnesota also went to penalties. This is what also I was talking about. Jack and AJ from the final third were at the game. They had nice seats too. Uh, <laughs> Did you see what happened? They won those seats. Yeah, yeah. They won box seats. I was like, heck. What he told happened? me before they went. He said, like, I'm going to the game because AJ won seats. I was like, that's awesome. Send me pictures. It's probably better than the game they went to for the U.S. Men's National Team. Where I think <laughs> were they, they were frozen there. I think they were frozen there until they won that. They yeah, when, when Matt ball. Turner got frostbite. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Rosales scored for Minnesota in the 13th minute. Halong Wayne scored, what is, like, seventh goal? I think he leads uh, – leads the whole league's cup say that five times fast uh in goals right now he scores in the 32nd minute two nil lead and then toluca scoring the 66th and 70th minute with a penalty kick hasani dotson got a red card before the penalty kick and then they go penalties and uh two you know toluca misses two while minnesota convert all four of theirs and that was all she wrote uh, he sent me, I think, the reaction to the to the win, and I was like, "Well, at least you guys didn't have the the Nashville situation happen at your game, where you're like really excited you won, and then it comes crashing down." Uh, Monterey beat Tigres on a ninety plus seven minute penalty kick, and then LAFC destroyed RSL. I almost put this game on after the Minnesota game, and I saw it was three nil. I was like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> This game's over. Don't need to expose yourself to that. <laughs> this game's over. Boanga scores two goals. This, all these goals, by the way, happen after the 52nd minute. Boanga scores in the 52nd and 56th. Ordaz scores in the 62nd. And Krastev scores in the 84th to seal it for LAFC. But like I said, the knockout rounds are left here. Just the quarterfinals. LAFC Monterey is on the 11th. All these games are on the 11th. At 10.30 for LAFC Monterey, Union kick off the quarterfinals on uh, the 11th, which is uh, Friday, at 8 p.m., Philadelphia and Cretoro. Then you have at 8.30, Miami and Charlotte. Then also at 8.30, you have Nashville and Minnesota. Wish they were a little bit more spread out there, but whatever. Uh, So, Logan, if I had to ask you right now, who is winning League's Cup? Who do you got your who do you got your money on? This is our non-sponsored segment, by the way. We're not like affiliated with any gambling sites, but uh who do you got your money on? Um Philly don't look great. 
Nashville and Minnesota are wobbly sometimes. Um, I'm going to go with LAFC. I think Messi coming to Miami, that that's a good story for League's Cup. I think they do get to the finals on that side. Um, but I do think they'll run into a wall at LAFC. Uh, I just... They're still... They would have to go to LA too. Uh, just to yeah. clear that up, it is by supporter shield standings. So yeah. that's why Union will host, and that's why LA would host if they get to the final. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Union could totally beat Miami, I think. Um, but the way they're kind of playing, they're kind of wobbly on one leg too. So it, but again, Miami hasn't, uh, they, they've, they've done enough messy magic, but they're, I think people forget that still like Messi is really good. And I, and I'm, I just literally said 20 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago that they'll never lose again. But here I am telling you that they could lose again. Um, my thing with, with them, Jordan is the fact that like, they've added a lot of good players, obviously Jordi Alba. Um, they've got, uh, Busquets, they've got Messi. They're probably going to add twelve other people. They've got four DPs coming next year, um, so they'll probably get a fifth. Uh, and you know, I I think they're they're getting to a point where they're going to be unstoppable. I'm just not sure they're there yet. Like I think they need another full year behind them to get really to a point where we're talking about them and the Elks of what LAFC like. They'll go after LAFC's points record. I think that's who holds it, right? Um, so I think it'll be interesting. It'll be a good final if it is LAFC and Miami. Imagine that. Um, but also, I, I, it'd be great to see a, a Union and an LAFC rematch in the League's Cup final. But I'm going No, LAFC. I'm over it. I don't want to no, keep facing this team and keep getting disappointed. <laughs> I'm kind of done with it. Uh, LAFC is the strongest team, though, in this tournament right now. I think if I had to bet on something... I think Miami would still be the way to go. Um, just they look so good. They do. And I think, I do think we could also look at uh, Minnesota. They've been playing pretty well when it comes to goal scoring, but I don't think they've looked the best because they have been conceding a lot too. They go to penalties, shootouts a couple times recently. So I'm not feeling overly confident in Minnesota, but I think they can beat Nashville. And I think that'll, that'll be a big test for them because Nashville doesn't give up a lot of goals. So it will be very interesting to see if they continue. And if a long Wayne scores some goals against uh, Nashville to get them into the semis against an LA, but if Monterey beats LA, then I mean, I think it would have to be favorites would be either Monterey or Miami at that point. Uh, that is, LAFC have scored, you know, seven goals before this game. They scored four this game. They've been still pouring on the goals after a long layoff that they had. They missed the whole group stage because of their record. So, uh, yeah, they could obviously win it. I think I'm pulling for if the Union can't win this, I think I'm pulling for a team like Miami, Nashville, or Minnesota, a team that hasn't won a trophy yet, I think would be a lot more fun than seeing LA just continue to win stuff like uh but i am rooting for an mls team to win this thing obviously um but i don't think the union have what it takes at this point and i'm not sure i'm not sure nashville has what it takes so i think it'd be one of the other mls teams that can win this minnesota would be a huge surprise um so i'm leaning more towards it being an la or miami situation but we can't count Monterey out uh, yet either. Um, 
but yeah, that'd be nice if LA just puts like four on Monterey too. Just like <laughs> we're gonna run all the way to the semis, putting up seven or four goals each game. But yeah, so they've been uh, they've been looking good. They've only played two games, and like I said, they've scored seven and they scored four. They've only given up one goal. So it'd be interesting to see if they could do that against a quality team like Monterey. Um, Nashville, Minnesota is really exciting for me. I don't think Charlotte can win it. Obviously, I know we kind of didn't even talk about them. I think Miami is going to beat them, but Charlotte's been pretty surprising in this tournament as well. Um, really excited for it, though. Really excited for it. Do you think there's any like, I guess repercussions from? I mean, I guess it's playing fortune teller here, but like any repercussions of like going deep into this tournament or like not going deep into this tournament, or maybe like an LAFC just absolutely smashed in RSL and RSL sitting still behind them. Is there any kind of like confidence thing that you think that any of these teams take away? Like if the union say for instance, in union go on to win this or LAFC go on to play Miami and Miami wins this, like, is there any consequences to the MLS season? Cause I feel like there's still like, this is momentum. Like this just feels, but then I also feel like there's consequences for the teams that just flaked out at the beginning. So like, I think, I don't, the only team that this would have a huge boost on if they win is Miami. And the reason I say that is because they'll get their first trophy and it would be a situation where they're like, it all came together. We got Messi, We got our coach. We got Jordi Alba. We got Sergio Busquets. We've got a young 18 year old Kermashi who's playing well. We got Taylor who's playing well. I think that's something they would take in and be like, all right, we won something. We already qualify for the Champions League. They'll qualify for that, by the way, I think even if they get third place. So they only have to, if they get to a final, they already qualify for that. That's a successful season for them, by the way. They haven't, you know, they haven't been in a Champions League yet. And having Messi be able to play in the Champions League next year would be huge. But I think, that is a team that if they win, it's like not just momentum, it's like validation of like, all right, we have the players now. Now, can we make a run in our league? And I think it'll give them more determination to. I think a t- any team that flames out in this will kind of just, I would say, almost like brush it off. Saying like, oh, this wasn't the real thing. Like we have MLS still, we're in good place. Like LA, they're still in a good spot. Philly's still in a good spot playoff wise. Um, but I, I think another big thing that this could help is Minnesota. If they did happen to win this, I think this would be another one where they'd be like getting over the hump, you know, just a couple of years ago, they got to a semifinal. They were just about to beat Seattle before Seattle won that and went to the final. Now they lost in the final to Columbus, but it was something that was still like Minnesota was, was had a lead and they blew it. And I think if they can, with how well Halong Wayne's been playing right now, you want to get on top of that with him in form and have it get you some, some silverware. That'd be huge. Nashville. It could probably bump a little bit too. You have a new signing in Surridge that can score goals that you're not just relying on Hani Mukhtar. That could be a little bit of a boost. 
I think one of the things that really helps with those teams that just brought in new players like Pookie for Minnesota or Messi and Alba and for for Miami and Surich for Nashville is that they're getting their experience of adjusting to the league through this, that when the real season kicks back off again, they hopefully have already adjusted and they're starting to, you know, really pick it up again. Yeah. I was just interested to see if you thought, um, I think looking at the MLS standings too, uh, 21, sorry, sorry. Inter Miami has 22 games played matches played there. Uh, DC who sits in that ninth spot has 24 matches played, um, sitting just below them is Montreal with 23. So Montreal essentially could have like 32 points by the time they catch up to DC's, but even Miami, like if they win a game, they're eight to six, six to eight points out of that number nine spot. Um, I think that's a long trek to get back because they've dug themselves in such a hole. But I think with this team, I mean, Eastern Conference is pretty weak um, down towards the bottom. So there's a lot of fluctuating, I think, that the Eastern Conference can do uh, over the next couple of months. They'll have, you know, 12 games left, uh, which is 36 points. If they grab 30 of those, like, I, I can't see why they wouldn't be in the playoff spot, which would be wild to go from 15th up into the playoff spot. But I was just wondering, like, if this tournament could have, you know, just like anybody else. And I think everybody's wondering the same thing. Like, it's always that kind of thing, right, where it's um, you kind of wonder what that momentum really feels, especially in soccer. Like, I feel like it's the only sport that it really we have midseason tournaments like that. Uh, NBA is adding one now. But, like, you wonder what the midseason tournaments do to teams that all of a sudden are like, oh, well, you know, we're or the all-star break kind of like baseball. It's kind of like, well, you know, it's a, it's a long gap between games, and it could slow momentum or really increase momentum. So, Apparently, Liga Mekis just put out a... <laughs> A statement for being so bad. A statement uh, that's all in Spanish, but from what I'm reading of what people have translated is that they're complaining about referees, I guess in regard to the national game, which, again, he's clearly off the line. <laughs> I don't know what you want, dude. Uh, they're Play Canada. They're playing. No, they're kidding. doing the rules. Uh, I don't know. Some transfers that have happened, by the way, is uh, Maxi Morales is coming back to NYCFC after playing in uh, Argentina. Um, it says Maxi wanted to return home, and we were happy to facilitate a move back to New York. So Maxi Morales is back. Uh, we had, uh, I think there were some other, oh, uh, we had Matt Turner, obviously, who is now going to Nottingham which I think is a good move because um, that's been, they were already starting to target another goalkeeper. And I was like, he needs to leave then. And he did. So thankful, thankful for that. Um, the uh, uh, Eunice Musa has finished his move to AC Milan. So that's fun. We had Vancouver. Scored. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a For bit. Yeah. Milan. Vancouver yeah. Whitecaps are loaning Caicedo to a Colombian club named Junior FC. And LA FC has transferred uh, Jose Sofuentes to Rangers FC over in Scotland. Those are like the big transfers. Uh, Minnesota acquired Jan Gregus back from Nashville. So there you go. 
these interleague things are so wild. Like interleague and like transfer. They always end up going back to the like, same. So wild. They always go end up going yeah, back to the do. same team. It seems like but they're like so never mind. To me. <laughs> yeah, the Sefuentes thing. That's a that's a pretty good loss for. Yeah, I know. I I liked him, but he's pretty good. Going to a big club like Rangers, he'll he'll yeah. probably enjoy that. Yeah. All right, it's it's time to lament the loss of the U.S. women's national team now. Um, Logan, they get knocked out in a penalty shootout to Sweden. Now, Sweden is like the number three team in the world from FIFA ranking, so not like a huge upset, but again, the way that it usually is for us here, right, is uh, we expect this team to win. Win World Cups. All that type of all that type of stuff, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be, and they haven't been scoring. Right, that was the biggest thing. They scored four goals, by the way, this whole tournament. Three of them in that first game against Vietnam. One in the second game against Netherlands that equalized, and then two nil nils. Uh, one to move out of the group, and then a nil-nil to go to penalty shootouts here and lose to Sweden. I put a lot of this on Vlatko. He doesn't like a lot of subs. I actually saw something funny on Reddit where some people were saying they were going to send... They sent a picture of like this Jimmy John's gift card and a card that they were going to mail Vlatko so he could, you know, have some subs. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, the downside of that is that you're giving this guy money, but it was a, a frustrating tournament where they didn't even look super stellar against Vietnam. They scored three, but it wasn't like a total beatdown like you were thinking. And then they just didn't look good the rest of the rest of the tournament. It's a shame. Uh, this is a team that usually represents pretty well. So I'm I'm a little upset, but we have to put this in perspective too. It doesn't just mean the world's caught up to us either. This could just be a bad tournament. Uh there we didn't win one from ninety nine to twenty fifteen. And then we won two in a row. And then we were going for three in a row, which not a lot of teams or players ever really done. So you know, there, there's layers to this here. I do think this team just wasn't good enough at the end of the day. You know, you're playing Sophia Smith out of position so that we can play Alex Morgan, who, you know, didn't really score a goal in this tournament. You had Rapino, who whenever she got subbed on, wasn't playing well. She got subbed on just to take the penalties, and she missed hers in that Sweden game. That sucks when you have, when you do try to make a sub, finally, right? And then... It doesn't work out that way. I'm not for that either. I'm not for subbing players in just to take penalties. They're coming in cold. They have no feel of the game. They have to come up and immediately make a goal. We saw that happen in the uh, Euros, right? When England got uh, against uh, Italy, they like subbed in players to take a penalty and they missed. And, you know, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. But I'm completely bummed about this tournament. I think it's time for Vlatko to go. Uh, he, it's been a waste of a cycle. 
he didn't really understand what he was doing. I don't think I'm just, I'm just upset, Logan. Yeah, no, I, and I think the, the tough part for our generation is we've come to expect this team just to beat the hell out of people. Uh, and, and while the world is catching up, we, we just didn't, we still have the best talent. Like you, you look at the roster, we still got the best talent. They're young. Um, I think that's where it's, it's, a, it's a big struggle right now. And if you look across the, I mean, uh, any of the competitions, you look at U.S. Women's National Team, you look at uh, the NWSL, you look at MLS, you look at U.S. Men's National Team, you look across the pond, uh, you've got the English Women's Premier League, you've got the Premier League. If they're if they're a young team, Jordan, they're, they're not going to score, not in big moments. It's not what young players do. Like, look, think about your favorite young player if they're a center forward, I, I guarantee you there's times where you're like, man, I just wish they would score more. Like we just need them to finish more, score more, learn to compete and, and you know, get the physicality to score in this league. It's the same thing with, it, it doesn't matter who's kicking the ball. Like it, that with us women's national team, I mean, you got Sophia Smith, who I think is a star just playing out of position because the, the star that once was is kind of dim. Um, I, I think Alex, going to be 38, I think, next World Cup or 37. That, that's that's a lot to ask. I mean, that you get 37, 38. I mean, everybody's done with their career. I mean, look at Megan Rapinoe. Julie Ertz like, pretty much said Julie, she's done. Yes. Uh, yeah. Kelly O'Hara's done. Alyssa Nair's done. I imagine she's 35. Yeah. Alex Morgan's 34. Christy Mewis is 32. Julie Ertz announced her international retirement at 31. She'd be 35 in her next spell. Um, you've got Crystal Dunn, who's 31, who, you know, barely saw the pitch. Uh, Becky Sauerbrunn, uh, she's 38. She's definitely done. Megan Rapinoe's announced her retirement. Like it, it goes on and on that, that class of that's like the end, right? Jordan. I think that was, those were the players that were still hanging on from that journey. They were the young players when, you know, some of like the Carly Lloyds were playing um, like a hope solo. Like those were the young players when those girls were around. So again, I, I think you get to a certain point, um, where there, there needs to be some turnover and it's just natural. Um, it, the weirdest thing about world cup, I think what people don't understand is because it's four years, you, you have to hit it at the right time with some of these players. Like there's a reason why some of these really good teams don't ever hit the pinnacle because they don't hit the primes of some of these players that come through. I mean, look at us men's national team. Hell, all those guys are like 18 through 22. There's going to be a tough stretch. But after their generation, it's going to be a tough stretch. Like, there's going to be a gap where they're not as strong. And, and that's this gap. We're seeing the gap. The next World Cup, you're going to see some of these younger players. Like, you didn't see a Mallory Pugh who was hurt. Uh, you, you, you know, you're going to see a Sophia Smith in probably the position that she likes the best. Alyssa Thompson is only 18 years old. Trinity Rodman's 21. Naomi Gurma is 23. Like, those are young players. And they're only going to get better. And then they've got the prospects just below them. That are going to come up. So yeah, again, they just have to play to the player's strengths, yeah. which they didn't do in this tournament. No, you have to and have a Vlatko better problem. tactics, like, no. right? You've got to move on from Vlatko. It's the same thing with Greg. Like I, I do think it's going to be the same issue with Greg. Like I unfortunately see a situation where I don't think there was better options. I do give us that. Like I think we went with the best option that was out there. I don't think anybody wanted it. Um, there's a lot of pressure on Greg. I think Greg's the right person for the job, but I don't think Greg's the person that takes us to that next step. That's the next coach. And and I think we've talked about that. Like you and I don't have much, like the issues with Greg are the tactics at half and 
doing, you know, making the changes in the subs that you need to. It's easy for us to say. It's easy for us to say that about Vladko too. But it seems like those two are in the very same similar situation where they get so stuck on their people that that's it. Like there's, it's a people thing, not a system thing. Yeah. They're not willing to break in their system because uh, of the people they have. What it needs to be the opposite. The system needs to be used and you put the players in that work best. Yeah, and I just want to say too, the the amount of people I've seen that are American rooting for this team to fail is absolutely mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. You know what it is. It, it But it, it's because it, the men's well, national team isn't as... No, no. Vocal. Yeah, yeah. But look, is it is it still about the kneeling from like six years yes. ago? Or is it 100%. from... Because now I see articles complaining that they weren't singing. And I'm like, even our guys don't sing the anthem that much. A lot of Half our guys don't. aren't even American. <laughs> yeah, if you go, if you watch... Americans. I understand they try to say it's different when it's a World Cup. But I'm also like, if you go to like a baseball game, you don't see the Cubs yeah. singing the yeah. anthem. They're they're sitting there respectfully yeah. listening to it. Yeah, it, it's absolutely stupid. There's no requirement for you to sing the anthem when you're representing the team. I don't want to hear about this team not representing us well. This team has represented us damn well when they won four World Cups, which our men's team has not been able to do. No slight to the guys. It's just. Yeah. I don't know. I got into a whole argument with somebody about this and it was absolutely stupid. I look, this country has free speech. So they don't have, they don't have to do things the way you want them to do things. They're going to go out there and they're going to, that's one of the things they're representing when they're on the field is the ideals of our country, which is free speech. So there you have it. Uh, some of these players are not even ones that were affected by the Rapino kneeling uh, years ago. It's just absolutely stupid that people are rooting for this team to fail. There's nothing less American than rooting for this team to fail. So it is, it, but it, but it is, it's, it's that sentiment, right? It's that it's the, um, I think they're open support of the LGBT uh, plus community. I think you, you see a lot more openly gay women than you would ever see. You don't, there's no name a man in the sport today. They, it's like, I always felt like football would be more accepting because of the places that it's played in. It's such an international game, but I feel like it's still one of the most closed off as far as, you know, support of anybody for any ethnicity. It's the most racist thing I've ever seen. Like the English are so racist against a lot of their players, there's a lot of English fans that go the total right-hand side of racism. Like they're like, you know what? Let's just go racist on this. Yeah. When they miss the not? penalties in right. the Euros, yes. right? Like Sterling and yes. uh, Saka, Mane. right? Like yeah. uh, all those players yes. had to deal with that. Yeah. But it's such a, it's, it's a weird dynamic to me, Jordan. Like it, like we live in the United States where everything is so polarized right now. Whatever your beliefs are, like racism should never be tolerated. Uh, inclusivity, everybody should be included. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Like it just, that's just the way it should be. I think people have a problem with that. I'm like, then, then stop watching the NFL, stop watching the NFL, stop watching the NBA. Don't watch sports because you're rooting for somebody that does not agree with you. If that's the way you want to play, don't watch sports. Like, don't do it. You're going to run it. Like you're, so you're only picking on this because they're openly out. They're outspoken about it and you can be outspoken about your beliefs, whatever you might believe in. You might totally disagree. And I'm okay with that. You can totally disagree with what they stand for. I don't care. 
but you shouldn't, it's just, it's a sick, I don't know. I felt like soccer would be different, but it's just not like, it's actually worse. I think because it just, there's so much like, I'd say over here, it's more accepting. Yes. Look at how MLS handles this stuff and all that. But when, yes, very when you have, it. yeah, the overseas, the hardcore people overseas and Russia has these issues, yes. right? Turkey has this issue. Like oh, the all, Middle Eastern countries, all of really those strong. countries. Yeah. And like you said, it even seeps into England and stuff. It's mind-boggling, which also we have to talk about with Bruce Arena has been suspended. We didn't talk about this last week due to just forgetting about it. <laughs> it broke that day. But uh, he, he's he been set aside. They didn't say what he said. And actually, Kaylin Kyle came out and said that it was a racial thing. And she had to walk that back. She said she was just guessing on their side. That doesn't. That's not a good look for her on the radio show saying that it was for sure this thing, if it's not true. So they had to walk that back. Um, I don't know if we'll know any more about this or not, but it is what it is, right? Uh, New England had some big controversy because Petrovic also was sitting out. He sat out of the round of 32. He played the round of 16. Um, but uh, he was sitting out because he wanted to get transferred and they didn't accept a deal before the deadline went through. So he was throwing a fit. One, I think that's ridiculous. You've been at this team for a year. Like you signed a contract. <laughs> You're going to have to see it through. Um, You know, like I hate when some players just want to jump from team to team. It seems like. But yeah, so that's that's most of your news catch up here on what has happened in American soccer over the last week. Uh, anything else it's that I forgot? <laughs> no, it's just like I just felt like this week was wild as far as like we had so much happen. Um, and we're really going to get a reboot here soon because the U.S. women or sorry, the U.S. men's national team will, will start to play in competitions for Greg Berhalter's the coach. Uh, you've got new players playing in different locations. Like you said, Jordan, I think pretty good moves. Sounds like Tyler Adams is going to Chelsea. Don't know how I feel about that. Um, I don't want it. I'm usually scared about those. I (laughs) don't want it. And it's not against Tyler Adams. It's against Chelsea and their fans. That's what I, yeah. Yes. I am a Chelsea fan loosely nowadays more than I used to be more hardcore in that, but uh, they've just, the way they treated Pulisic and stuff. And I already see them already getting on Tyler Adams already of like oh we're gonna have the u.s twitter come after us uh blah 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 and i'm like just stop whining most of your fans are american now like yeah i know <laughs> just chill you guys in united i feel like you have the most american fan newcastle's getting a lot of fans over here i've seen a lot of newcastle kits around they here had a pretty sure. big show on before but yeah they are uh yeah but not like this like yeah, I'm talking like full blown Americans. I can you just know because I live in you know. Yeah, that's the best part about the parks. You get to see all sorts of kits. Um, a lot of those, a lot of really uh, interesting Jordan. A lot of inner uh, Milan jerseys lately, hmm. which is cool. The worst Milan. And I wonder, hmm. right? It's but I wonder um, why um, inner Milan and then AC Milan too. Like AC always has a ton of people over here, but I didn't. I was confused by the inner Milan. It's like I don't know if there's any connection to the U.S. Uh, no, just maybe a big. Kaku fans, I have no idea. It could just be uh, visitors too coming over. Yeah, that's true. But lots of those. Um, I love a I love a good kit update from Walt Disney World because there's tons of them. Yeah, I used to like count them. Like when I would go with my friend, we'd point them out Epcot, to each other. Especially, like, 
Look, there's that one. There's that one. Yeah. It was great I when they, they sold them in Epcot too. They used to sell them yeah, in Epcot. Sell now them they don't anymore. Yeah, they don't sell them anymore. Crazy. They do have a soccer shop here though. It's a yeah, beautiful shop. Yeah. Love it. Well, we'll wrap it up. Uh, I, I have some stuff to plug. Do you have some stuff to plug? Um, I mean, if you like Walt Disney World or theme park news, uh, you can definitely head over to We Met Behind the Castle on YouTube. That's They're close to 1,000K. We're close to 1K, baby. Subscribers. So yeah. go subscribe to Logan's channel. Yeah. And then, Jordan, I know you got a couple. So let me uh, let me let you do this. <laughs> well, yeah. So I just wrapped up talking uh, some Blue Beetle Graduation Day, the comic for DC, my DC podcast, Elseworlds, as we're preparing for Blue Beetle, the movie coming out. And then. We had uh, over on the Marvel pod, I finished recapping Secret Invasion with my friend Casey McGeorge. Um, And next week, or two weeks from now, sorry, I will be starting to recap Ahsoka over on the Pod Awakens, our Star Wars podcast. So you can check that out if you're interested in all that. Um. I started a new podcast to start recording a new podcast with Casey where we're going to be watching films for the very first time. So he presented a movie to me that I haven't seen and he has. And then we watched it. I recorded about it. That'll be dropping in September. Um, We're filming a few of these to have in the can before we start releasing them. And then, you know, the next week I pick one for Casey that he hasn't seen that I've seen. This is a great idea though. Like it's kind of like the rewatches and there are so many movies. And then even if you guys get to a point where you could just, let's just watch this movie that like neither of us have ever seen. Yes. That's, that's an idea too. Uh, But yeah, so that'll be called films for the very first time. And that is going to be dropping in September, but yeah. So I'm, I've been a busy guy. I've been a busy guy the past few weeks, but it's not like you had a bunch going on anyway. <laughs> it's not like you had 12 other podcasts. Jordan, it's funny how you never invite me back on these podcasts anymore. You You're supposed to do the next Star Wars one with me when we do our yeah, well, post credit never... scene. So, yeah, well, I'm still waiting. Do you have it all written out? Do you have it ready? I have it ready. Do you really? I got to yeah. get on it then. I have like a few more movies I got to finish yeah. my post credit scenes for. Yeah. I've had this, I, like, I've had it going, like, in my brain, like, since we had the discussion. Yeah, me so too. I, but I then I keep, like, blanking on, like, yeah. what I want. And, like, I'm, like, Mine are good. Mine fit? are very dramatic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, well, that'll be coming probably after the Ahsoka recaps or in between or something. But, yeah, so very, very excited to get that show started. Um, but, yeah, so I've been a, been a busy guy. I'm working on a project for my pokemon channel my video game channel as well but i'm what is three out of 18 three divided by 18 what percentage is that that's how far i am in it that i'm uh making this special video for i'm 16 (laughs) percent into this project that i'm working on i haven't filmed real deep i haven't filmed in a bit so i have to get back on it but it's something i'm doing on my spare time which as you can tell i don't have a lot of but yeah, so you can catch us all at those places as we continue providing more content. We have to get back on Ted Lasso, too, because uh, we have to finish season oh, two. Oh, shoot, I forgot about that. <laughs> and season one, we haven't done. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, so uh, check us out at all those places. We will catch you next week when we talk about the, uh, well, depending on what day we record, we might be talking about 
both the quarterfinals and semifinals or just the quarterfinals. We'll figure that out. But uh, you can reach us at Stateside Show on all of the platforms. They're in the show notes below as well. So thank you and have a great rest of your week.